0: Our grog. Hello and welcome to the Sideshed Podcast. It's just Peter and Matthew this week, um, with Kerry off gallivanting with her children. So, hey Kerry, hope you're having fun. And Matthew, it's probably for the best that Kerry's not here, because otherwise, I mean, could she have contained her rage, hearing Russ dissing her beloved pork scratchings? It was shocking, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: And the fact is, what did you say? A pork scratching starter, a pot noodle main, and... A deep-fried Mars bar for dessert.
0: Yeah, but words that Kerry lives her life by. Pretty I mean, much. That
1: was, yeah, I mean, she started on that diet at college, and she's she's still running with it, isn't she?
0: Well, she's got she's got a mind like a bear trap. She's radiantly beautiful, and she's produced two you know gorgeous children of it. So why who's rust to attack our beloved Kerry?
1: Exactly, and you don't get to cast aspersions about port scratchings if you've just eaten a beetroot moose to be honest
0: so yeah bringing your professional um, skills to bear for those who don't know Matthew um, was a, a professional chef in Dublin in a, a previous life what, what um that did that irritate you um it only
1: irritated me in that I worked for quite a while in a in a quite swanky restaurant that is attached to a very famous, department store that the characters from absolutely fabulous would always go for for lunch in the show so I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about and yeah it was full of mooses and foams and stuff like this you know and in Ireland sometimes you just want to get back to basics so I thought you know the beetroot moose yeah, it was okay it was a bit much
0: so a bit out of date in giving you some rather horrible flashbacks too uh... yeah I mean you know when you've had to make carrot jelly you, know, you never really want to go back how dare you assume I haven't Matty? Um, you? Know, I might be incredibly, incredibly competent with my vegetable jellies. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's all right. I, I, you know, you, you weren't to know. Um, but yeah, it was. So, but Russ, Russ is eating his free. What was it, beetroot mousse? You said.
1: Well, it wasn't free,
0: was it? The, the gin
1: tonics were free. Um, right. well Well, well, it is free because even though it was his idea, Lily's paying for the bloody thing with her bonus, isn't she?
0: Yeah, he's paying with his boner. Well, eventually, <laughs> but um, she is paying with her bonus, and it was getting a lot of um, traction on Twitter. Like the big, strong reaction to the the fact that you know Russ was basically freeloading at home, and now he was freeloading at the hotel as well. I, you know, I mean i i wasn't I wasn't particularly upset about it. I thought it was like maybe you know more more reflective of how modern relationships work. But you know, as a as a you know red blooded um, Portuguese slash German slash Bristolian slash. Um, Brazilian man how did you how do you feel about the idea of being you know taken out by a missus
1: if it's your birthday maybe it's funny isn't it because it's rather an old-fashioned concept that Russ would pay for everything if they were going for dinner or something like that whereas now it's quite seen that you would split the bill but in terms of letting Lily pay for the whole thing I thought that was a bit much yeah so, yeah I mean I would generally say that it's it's far as we saw with Layla and Roy wasn't it she pointed out to him that it's far more traditional now to split the bill but obviously Russ doesn't subscribe to that and and we're fans of Russ on this show i think we've been quite clear about what we like about him and what he brings to the show but occasionally i do feel that they the script writers they just come up with an episode and they're like right now we're going to make him a total dick in this episode and I felt they did that this week with the the behavior at front desk although I didn't feel Roy really needed to explain all the mistakes that had been made he could just say there was a mistake and change it but that's my my service industry head kicking in
0: yeah don't smell my fingers uh Russ but there has been a problem uh, my apps knackered literally <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is going on with him I mean we know what's going on right it's all the little Easter eggs are there like he's popping into the shop for breath mints. He's been getting lots of, you know how how he goes to the shop for breath mint. Says to Susan, "Oh, I see you haven't got any." And she says, "No, I don't think so." And, you know, obviously she's not keeping track of the stock or whatever.
0: You've you've never done the internet dating thing, have you? I haven't. No, but
1: that doesn't mean I haven't ended up dating because of the internet. Uh, how does that work? Well, I haven't used the sites, right? Okay, whose function is to meet people. But I have ended up meeting people through social media
0: not many people went to the um chumba reunion um and you know you can only organize it over the internet oh that was a foul foul and low blow sorry i mean I, I, I can't
1: no it's you. okay it's okay um yeah you get my meaning though don't you i mean yeah. I've, i never had tinder and in ireland what was it plenty of fish i think that's still floating around i do mm. have a very good friend who um and started using plenty of fish quite recently, and just such a wonderful thing she's done for me. She sends me all the desperate DMs she gets from blokes. Not not all of them. Not all of them. No, no, not the um, not the the artistic <laughs> the artistic s- s- south of the
0: belly button. That's uh, that's a lovely euphemism. It's in the same vein as um, jazz cigarette. No, sorry, not jazz. you know, and um, jazz magazines. Jazz magazines. It's yeah, more artful. Yeah
1: yeah so I have seen how thirsty some of the guys are on there and it is it is quite funny, you know, just to get that little insight. I'll have to get back to her, and she hasn't sent me them for a while. I
0: presume she's deleted the app because she just I think she just gave up on mankind. She should hold out some hope being a man in your thirties it is and single is remarkably easy to stand out from the crowd you know like the other other men are so appalling. you'd go for dates with women and you'd hear some of the the stories of, of the the stuff that they'd had to put up with to end up with you you know to lower themselves to you I mean it was always quite you know my, my my wife is um an extraordinary woman so much better than I deserve but I think it's a testament to how much everyone else screwed up
1: yeah well I was going to follow that up with you know so you're lucky to have us but then you um you kind of also pointed out that the other side set the bar so low But I know what you mean I mean there are there are there are some people who, or permanently, will
0: make you look good, even if you are actually just functioning at an average level. Every woman has a, several of these stories in their in their locker, and I don't think men do in the same way. I mean, I, you know, you're not risking as much as a man, are you? I mean, you can, you know, basically, the the worst that happens is, is you're being treated a bit shabbily. You don't have any of the other kind of fears. But anyway, we're going off on a uh, <laughs> a wild tangent. We, we have a bit. So Roy, Roy's gone off on his wild tangent, um multiple tangents it seems, because he's absolutely knackered. Do you, I mean, I felt they played that. With a little bit of a heavy hand. I mean, he's a he's a man, and he's he's our age, isn't he? He's a man well into his forties. Is he not early fifties? I mean, it's I not, think he's
1: early fifties, isn't he, Roy?
0: Yeah. I mean, how would he how would he have the energy? I mean, or is he um, again? Back, we're back to chefs again. Maybe he's having to use some sort of chemical assistance to help him do the long shifts. I think that's the problem. Is not it? He hasn't got the energy. He's been pushed in this
1: direction by Kate, and he's burning the. The candle at both ends. I was trying to think of another way I could mix that metaphor then, but I couldn't.
0: He's but- having lots of sex. <laughs> he's yeah. He's, he's having he's lots and lots of, of
1: sex. And he seems to be struggling a bit with it. I mean the fact that he was going for breath mints, I thought that was the strangest thing ever. But
0: Yeah. I mean that's that's the that's the problem, isn't it? They have to I think it was Kerry Davis wrote this week. Um, but you know, he they they have to they have to leave so much between the lines. So if they can't actually sort of um, play out the full horror of, um, Roy stumbling home, then they have to sort of do, you know, play, you know, the old, you know, can of gold spot. Did your dad ever have gold spot? Gold spot? What's gold spot? Spot? So my, my dad was, um, single, he was suddenly recently single in the kind of early eighties. And I remember these little green and gold sort of like mini cans, aerosol cans started turning up and they were kind of like little kind of breath sprays. But it was very much the kind of Don Johnson, Don Johnson, Benetton rolled-up sleeve, you know, um, pastel t-shirt kind of mm-hmm. look, lifestyle.
1: No, not familiar with those. I'm familiar with those little things that you spray in your mouth. That were yeah, that was of... the, I
0: think Gold Spot was the you know the, the kind of leading brand. It was the kind of it was the kind of Lynx Africa for your mouth.
1: Oh, okay. Blimey, that's a that's a thought. I. No, i tell you one thing that's still very popular here in Portugal, and I don't know if it is elsewhere, denim aftershave. Oh. And it still has the original logo as well.
0: Yeah, that, that's. I mean, that's one of the reasons everyone should um, go and live in another country. It's just, you know, like a so that you can see some of these strange little portals or realise that, you know, that, uh, that brand that you would convince yourself belonged to your country actually was, you know, invented somewhere else years before. Anyway, that's... Okay. So anyway... <laughs> the archers, yeah. The <laughs> archers. Roy's, uh, Roy's at the hotel. He is dog-tired. Russ is, being a snob, uh, impugning um, Kerry's beloved uh, pork scratchings. Um, there was lots of theories about Russ trying to kind of, like, potentially groom Chelsea or spotting another potential victim, which I didn't buy. I saw a
1: lot of that across uh, social media. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: and I, I thought, I mean, originally I, I called absolute bullshit, but then today, when I was relisting, I thought, oh, but God, what if they're right? I mean, we we both poo pooed the Jackie Weaver prediction, and yet, um, you know, uh, some of the greatest minds in you know the the Archers fandom were were proven right on that one.
1: Well. I wouldn't so much poo-poo it as in dread its predictability, but it right, did yeah. it did come to pass, and yeah. So Sunday episodes are back. I mean, I was going to say let's just pretend that Sunday episode didn't happen, but you know, I was afternoon watching the football, and I was a little bit um, my interest was peaked. Let's see who this is. So I turned it on, and straight away I heard the voice and did I message in the group or did I message Kerry? I just said, it's Jackie Weaver. (laughs) Immediately I could sense that that was her and that's where they were going to go. But does that mean that this entire Scarecrow story was cooked up just so there could be a protest against the occult and then Jackie Weaver could show up just to say, you have no authority, and then that's it, and then she... Pisses off again.
0: Let's say that they got they moved as fast as they could. We you know, we've got to get weaver is said in the script writer's room. You know, this 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 is like the ultimate coup. It's you know, because it was a very popular move getting Jackie Weaver on the on the show. So regardless of whether it fits with your and my taste, that's a kind of almost a secondary, secondary thing. Well, definitely a secondary thing. Um, but they have to get weaver on. So they're running months and months ahead. So they they leap on that, they get in touch with you know with Jackie, they book her in. And they record three or four months ago. So, so, so yeah, fair enough. They need to kind of get the whole thing set up plot wise, but surely what, if you're going to use the punchline, uh, you know, you don't have the authority. You want to have her taking down a patronizing Jim, you know, which is one of his few poor qualities. You want her to be, you know, like lambasting Brian for some kind of patrician behavior. You want her, you want the whole Jack, because the whole point of Jackie Weaver, is she's a one joke person. The You know, not her as a, her as a, I've seen some interviews with her. She seems like a very, as a an erudite and sort of clever and witty woman, but you know, her reputation, she's a one joke person. So you ha- why didn't they lean into that more?
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, they could have also used her Britney Spears line, which I thought was quite good. On Sorry,
0: the- I, 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 what's that? She's a, she's a two joke. Um, oh, pony okay so i'm already revealed how ignorant i am
1: well that's the interesting thing about all of this isn't it because you know i was like oh it's jackie weaver yeah okay so you know i suspected that was going to happen a lot of people were already saying it was going to happen but looking across social media it was quite interesting just how many people were asking sorry who is jackie Weaver?" (laughs) lots of people didn't know who she was and bear in mind you've got listeners stateside as well well, yeah. not just Stateside, but all around the world. And all right, that Handforth uh council thing, that took it was like a slow drip, wasn't it? It took about a month for it to get it was a pre Christmas parish council meeting, wasn't it? And then it ended up kind of becoming popular around January, going getting um likes and views. And then it then it trickled right over into the mainstream media within a week or two. Yeah. So you'd imagine most people knew who she was, but there's a lot of people in England didn't know. And there were those three opinions. Who is she? I loved it. I didn't like it. It was very clunky. I mean, I was the latter. I listened again today. I didn't hear anything better in that episode on a second listen, I'll be honest. Uh, maybe I'll have some epiphany during the omnibus on Sunday, but I seriously doubt it. It was all right. You know, I mean, we've said before as well Princess Margaret didn't really turn in. You know the Lawrence Olivier of performances when she showed up either. So it's it's a it's a clumsy um, thing to do, isn't it? Working a working a celebrity guest, and I think in terms of that, she didn't do terribly.
0: But no, she was good. If,
1: if you like it, that's fine. I mean, it was good in the way that a Gary Gary Barlow album is good, <laughs> in, in that it's not.
0: Well, um, you know, I did enjoy hearing Tracy come back, and that was kind of my takeaway at the end of the episode. I was like, well, I really enjoyed that what I realized was I just enjoyed hearing Susie doing a sterling job at, um, uh, you know, playing, um, um, at playing Tracy. I thought she was, going you know, to she was just fantastic playing Tracy. And, and that quite often happens to me. Like I can, you know, I can, I can enjoy 15, like today I enjoyed hearing Brian and Adam kind of chatting away for a while until I realized I was bored with the plot, but I just enjoyed hearing Brian acting. And yeah, know, that's, that's so much of the current, so much of this week has just the bits I've enjoyed have been, a bit of Jenny, a bit of Brian, you know, Russ and Lily, um, you know, Russ is so, is so ridiculously over the top as a kind of kind of pantomime baddie that I just, I'm just i just, you know, on the edge of my seat the whole time he's on. Anything can happen when Russ is around, like in terms of kind of your emotions.
1: He flew right off the handle when Tracy brought up the
0: complimentary g didn't he? Like Susie, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the way that she managed to show um tracy's recognition that she'd been lied to but she was very politely kind of like dancing around that i thought was a really great piece of acting because it wasn't really written that in the script and um you know sometimes it's you know it's very it's, it's great when you can hear or see that and you know sometimes where the acting actually gives a whole new depth
1: i, I was just very happy to be back in gray gables
0: i got the impression that roy was supposed to be having sex with dozens of different women yeah, yeah that, that's
1: that's what I got as well, because he was, he was practically stoned, wasn't he, on reception?
0: Yeah, exactly, completely out for the count. I sort of, it would have been more interesting if he was kind of like, so Jazz is complaining about being dog-tired going to work because Tracy's got to, you know, keeping him up all night. That would have been a more interesting plot if, if sort of Roy is kind of caught between sort of lust for a woman he really doesn't particularly like, um, who's cracking in bed, and also, you know, the rest of his life.
1: I would like tracy as the the wrecker of jazzer as we've discovered she is i would like her and roy to sit down and have a real good chat about roy's sex life that would be great i think i would really enjoy that scene because she's not backwards in coming forwards and roy is clearly getting it i, mean, I don't know what's going on in terms of number of partners but i think i think those two could uh they could really teach each, other, teach each other a few things.
0: There there was lots of statistics a couple of years ago, a few years, I mean, it might be a decade ago. I'm so, you know, time is, you know, God knows what. Well, anyway, it might be a long time ago. There was lots of statistics about the big rise in sexually transmitted diseases amongst young people, like, so, you know, like in their teens, and also kind of like in people in their more advancing years. Now, Roy's only in his 50s, but it might be one of these kind of little sort of... Uh, um, uh, you know, um, BBC charter plots where Roy, um, has collected a kind of, you know, a full set of, you know, different diseases. He's got warts there, crabs there um you know the whole the whole lot he's um losing his mind through syphilis so he keeps booking exactly. people
1: into single rooms <laughs> instead of doubles
0: yeah you're, you're already ahead of the yeah exactly it's already the symptoms are already, it's already playing out and uh you know it's uh and it also turns out he's been you know he's been wearing an old-fashioned top hat and dipped in mercury he thought he's got a full set of <laughs> degenerative mental diseases
1: <laughs> yeah you are right about that thing about the um it was the devo- the divorcee community wasn't it There was the the rise of um, uh, STDs amongst uh, people in their like fifties and their sixties who had been married and suddenly found themselves on the market again and just this kind of Teflon thinking. Well, you know, well, no one in this social circle is going to be a young person thing. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's see what happens. I mean, he's. I think that storyline is going to go somewhere. to To go back to what you said about Russ. I was much the same when I saw this whole thing about how he suddenly became interested in the idea of going to dinner at Traces when it was mentioned that Chelsea needed tuition um, or study uh, tips. It was, I was exactly like you, Peter. I was like, OK, listen, we're setting this guy up to be this villain, but he's not going to groom Chelsea. But when I listened again, like you, I thought, hmm. There is something in this, they're they're going somewhere with this story. And he passed it off as, you know, there are people, there are some people who don't give a monkeys about their, their child's education. And he's appearing that that's why he wants to do it. I I
0: was, I was stuck in. I, well, not suck it in. That assumes that the the, the, the rumors are true. I I, I I thought he sounded sincere, and I quite I quite liked him at that moment. And I'm not. I you know I my love of Russ is not me liking him as a person, but I thought he seemed pretty. So, so, I, anyway, I thought it was sincere. And but you but you, the second listen, you you are you fully signed up to the idea that he's going to groom Chelsea or no? You,
1: I'm not fully signed up, but I'm I went from being. Like this is zero chance. This is just Russ hate again. Because there was a little bit of talk recently that before it was revealed to be Rory, there were I don't know if you saw this, but some people were even speculating that maybe Mia was dating Russ, which is obviously completely illegal. And you know, I was come on, give the guy a break for God's sake. But when this happened this week, I became a little bit suspicious. Plus, Tracy threw in that she's she's just interested in the wrong sort of boys as well so which i thought there was a little bit of a a setting up of that but maybe it's just a big um red herring and it's not going to turn out to be that at all i would like that to be the case
0: but They they could have him the victim of a there's no smoke without fire plot so or they could have him you know he's got this reputation as a um someone who dates um you know people that he's responsible for and who are perilously close to being you know illegal and and then you know he gets accused by chelsea and she she becomes infatuated with him and then accuses him of um something as an act of revenge when he spurns her or something that's better that would be better it'd be more interesting and it might be sort of a bit uh, and also the other thing is is that they've got it's like you know if you think of uh, you know the old hackneyed you know compare compare something to food they're setting a plate of food there's already so much red meat on the table at the moment for the, for the archers, we've already got so much going on. Can they squeeze in another one of these huge, very kind of consequential and big plots. And I would say for the time being, they can't. So I think it's going to be, I think it's more about, it's more about tweaking Lily's, um, uh, conscience. If she's done the dirty on this awful, redundant man, then it, you know, then it almost excuses her going and having a night of passion with Sol. However, if he's turned out to be this kind of like, you know, just a caring and thoughtful man, then all of a sudden her guilt is placed in a different relief, a different light.
1: Well, this was part of it, wasn't it? She almost let it slip to Lizzie that the yeah. reason she was paying for this was because and of how guilty she feels about what happened with Sol. and then she turned it around and just said because of everything that he'd done lower Loxley was it or was it just the fact that he painted the painting she covered it up anyway didn't she that she was about to say that she was she was booking this trip to grey gables kind of guilt of what happened
0: yeah there's multiple ways of being unfaithful to people it doesn't i mean everyone gets fixated on sex don't they but you know i mean ultimately you know he's 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 he abandoned he, he admitted that he'd effectively abandoned her emotionally for a long period of time and so, you know, if they did, if he did find out if he was a man of, you know, maturity, he might be able to see how he'd, you know, he'd almost kind of loaded the gun himself. Uh, it doesn't necessarily excuse what Lily did. Not that, you know, but, you know, he if if he's capable of making that apology, he should also see how he'd put Lily in. A, he'd, he'd set Lily up to to make that mistake.
1: Yeah. If I th- Yeah, I can see how you might have that thing that you were talking about earlier that you might have. The the awkward advance from Chelsea and then it's, you know, Russ will reject but be completely judged in that light. I think you told me before, didn't you? I, there's something I'd missed in the finer details, that his wife was a former student as well. Did you tell me that?
0: Yes, I think she was. I think that was, or she was at least, she was a young woman. I, th- I think she the you know the it she was uh no i think she i think she was a former student or i think she was very young um when they met or something anyway i you know i think he has got previous or he has got there is some kind of pattern i don't know i i, I stand by what i said i think it's too much for them for, at the moment and it's also it's also a bit sort of it's a bit too root one you should never be surprised by the arch is doing something completely obvious, but then you should also never be surprised by them doing, them doing something completely balmy. I mean, that's the that's that's how they keep us keep us um, addicted, isn't it?
1: No, oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see, and if if we've got that wrong about Russ's uh, first marriage or only marriage, then let us know.
0: Well, okay, this is this is the problem. I mean, we're feeling Kerry's absence in in many ways, um, but uh, you know, one of them is she tends to be you know our eye for detail and also a kind of repository of you know kind of all this all the truths or oh, well she we, we just believe what she tells us anyway um, yeah but if <laughs> kerry
1: was here it would just be her ranting about pork scratching for, for 50 you know, minutes exactly.
0: they would just all we all you would have heard um, dear listener is the sound of smashing furniture and kind of like you know just the endless me just adding thousands of beeps as she went on yes another <laughs>
1: <laughs> also i i don't i don't get any kicks out of pretending that Tracy is that dumb with the amnesia conference thing i just think that's that's a little bit too insulting when lily says to russ you know you have that thing the amnesia conference and tracy's like oh well never mind that's yeah. a shame i mean, I mean
0: uh, sorry that's four syllables so i didn't bother listening <laughs> <laughs> it's very very insulting isn't it but yeah
1: on just to go Circle right back round, very happy happy to be back in the hotel. Would have, would have loved a little bit of Oliver. Didn't happen, considering um, Roy was pretty much useless there. And also, one person that was at Grey Gables, but we only heard about it um, later, was Vince. He was there for a business conference, wasn't he? And spied Russ and Lily out on the veranda or the balcony, which then... He mentioned to Lizzie today, was when Lizzie unleashed hell on him, so we let's let's talk a little bit about that because we know you're the fan of
0: Vince. Can you imagine Vince as a kitten, Peter? I thought it was so obvious that Vince hadn't done anything wrong. um, I didn't really think he had done anything I mean it also it seemed kind of unlikely, given their relationship that he wouldn't just have the guts to say to Lizzie, "Look, you know, um by the way, this is happening." Like it didn't just didn't ring true that Vince wouldn't just be completely honest with Lizzie about it, especially given how it's Lizzie's largesse that allows him to be in that relationship. He's hanging on,
1: isn't it? He's clinging on to Lizzie. He's tiptoeing around her. She she really strung him along before she let him fully know that he was considered partner material. Then she finally drops the album and all is right with the world. And then he goes and does this thing, where you know it it was so stupid of him to do that because not only all right, he couldn't have known that Lily was gonna call Steph, get Fred get the number off Freddie and call, but the wedding's at her brother's barn, for God's yeah. sake, <laughs> I mean she of course they're gonna be able to report back. David's probably gonna notice that his sister isn't there. It was just completely ridiculous as an idea. And I know that I've done, in the past, I've done things where, you know, you don't lie, but you tell a certain version of the truth in order to try and protect somebody from something. And then you eventually realise, actually, the truth was better. And trying to shield them from something or protect them from something wasn't wise. You know, it's that whole thing about, you know, the um, what the eyes don't see, the heart can't grieve over, right? But I just think that he should have just come clean and said, look, I've got three psycho exes. Is that the first time we've had his three, that he has three exes. I know he mentioned his exes. I was asking about this. On, I was surprised. I was asking about this on social media tonight because Kerry foolishly left me in charge of the cider shed pod Twitter. And um, I did actually ask that question. And someone said that they felt it had been mentioned over the point with David. I know there was a bit of family history that came up when he was having that pint and a slash with David. But I don't think, I don't remember him mentioning three exes. No. I remember him mentioning trouble with one of the daughters and an ex-wife and his mum, but that was it.
0: Yeah, it was, it was surprising. It was, I was surprised to find out there was three ex-wives. And that kind of, it does sort of shed a different light on him because how I took it before was he was this, He'd had this one solid kind of marriage. I'd imagined he'd sort of met her, met her in his teens. It kind of fizzled out, you know, it's the kind of, um, it's the, it's like the Matt Letizia, you know, marry a childhood sweetheart. And then it all goes pear shaped in the kind of like the, in the harsh light of your success. And then, uh, yeah. And then here, and then here he is and he's, he's, you know, he's, he's having his second chapter. I didn't, I didn't re- think, realize he was a kind of Richard Burton figure kind of, you know, with, with sort of multiple marriages, Um, left right and centre or actually is that being unfair on Richard Burton but um, yeah anyway he
1: he went he went back to Elizabeth Taylor exactly yeah
0: I I got the multiple marriages right it's just not the number of women right
1: not only do we didn't know that he had three exes do we know that Vince was in the wrong in any of those breakups were any of them I mean presumably they weren't amicable because of because of the way that he was
0: so nervous for Lily to be there Uh, Lily Lizzie to be there he said he'd mistake made some mistakes in the past i just i don't know i just felt like it was just it was just implausible that he would cock the whole thing up and just also when it would have been so easy given their relative given the nature of their relationship it would have been so easy for him to say something like look you are so important to me um you know we're still a new couple i just can't run the risk of it all going pear-shaped so forgive me do you mind if I rescind your invitation? If you want to, if you insist on coming though, of course you are very, very welcome. I don't know. Even that sounds a bit crass. I think you should just, just yeah, I think you should just say, listen,
1: I've got three psycho exes. They're going to be at the wedding. Are you up for it? And then just see what she says.
0: Yeah. Although it, although it still, it does say something. Cause she, she kind of inferred it when she said, and I will be there to help you deal with the psycho exes. And that's the point, isn't it? The whole reason that you are, you know, the whole reason you were in a relationship beyond, you know, all of the, uh, you know, beyond, beyond the fun that you have together, the whole reason that you're together is to support each other and how, you know, to, you know, backs pointed at each other, ready to see it, you know, fight against the world if necessary. And that's, you know, that's her, that was her point, wasn't it? You know, you, you should have had me there so I can help you sort that stuff out. And actually who better you can imagine Lizzie absolutely tearing one of them to pieces if necessary.
1: I said words to that effect on the Twitter account tonight, um, that she's gonna down a load of lower Loxley white wine and then tear three new assholes at the wedding. <laughs> which I didn't <laughs> get much thanks <laughs> for from somebody.
0: three new assholes yeah.
1: Yeah, somebody somebody said thank you for that contribution. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what can you do? I well Matthew, I will say that, you know, regardless of our faults, um, you, me and Kerry are very, very consistent.
1: Well, well, there are there are exceptions. Like we are malleable; we can admit or we can change. I mean, Lee, we changed our mind about Lee, didn't we? Yeah, to an extent. Not
0: just because not just because um, he came. I mean, actually, I'm trying to. Was there a kind of confirmation bias? Did I sort of start to soften on Lee when we knew Ryan was coming on the pod? I don't think so. I think we'd also we'd already had some conversations off mic where we talked about the fact that you know lee had sort of we turned around you turned me around on um russ completely i was very anti Russ until you sold me the 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 benefits of seeing him as a kind of like a just a a sort of a, a, a an opportunity to mainline pantomime villainy which i quite enjoyed um yeah and who else and also, I will say, I am, I am, as I said, I have, even Helen. I've enjoyed Helen's scenes since, since because I feel like Lee has breathed fresh life into Helen as well. So I feel like Helen is evolving as a character now that, now that Lee is, um, now, that now that Lee's a bit more interesting.
1: Yeah, her taking on Kyle, I think that was dumb. that was a big boost. And I, for me, with Lee, it was just the way he dealt with Adam and Ian. I felt that you know they he he was a rock oh god to them i mean well obviously they've made up haven't they i mean let's touch on it briefly adam and ian adam's new job ian's making i mean how you can make a career out of just cooking tagine <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh, yeah
0: it's it's uh, i i have i have a little rule when it comes it's not a hard and fast rule but i tend not to eat food when i go out that i can cook competently at home and i have a feeling that if i ate at the is it the orangery or is that the wrong at the wrong the wrong place the
1: orangery is at lower locks ah, this is a exactly. gray Gables.
0: um, um Shade tagine or whatever it's called. It's, um, great <laughs> rage, ag- rage against the tagine. Rage, I, I see, okay, I would, I would appreciate the joke. um It's a bit like um the sight for sore eyes was the name of the ophthalmists in um, near, near where I lived in America. But anyway, yeah,
1: um
0: but yeah, uh, I, you know, if I, if I can imagine that I could do a competent job I, uh, for all the stuff in the restaurant, I'm just not in, interested in eating there, and I have a feeling that I would, that would Ian would fail that test.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, you, you often have to, we. Well, I know and Carrie knows that you're often quite involved in current culinary um, adventures for your for your baby boy. Do you really think it was that amazing that Ian had set aside a small portion of tagine that didn't have all the spices in it for Xander? Adam just uh, seemed to think that was incredible.
0: Uh, I well, I mean, I think that I think you have to accept your food's going to taste worse when you've got a small one because you have to put less salt in. So. Like, you know, and you actually, one of the things is, um, you know, like you've, you've been as a professional chef, you, you, you know, all the tricks that restaurants use to base, basically make food that tasty. And it's it's a, it's for French cooking. It's a whole pat of butter and a shitload of salt, right? That's
1: it is. And when you start cooking for other people at home and you start to employ those tactics, people start looking at you like you're trying, they start dialing the first two nines. They think you're trying to kill them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is true. A lot of salt, a lot of fat, a lot of richness, a lot of butter. And I used to cook things for people at home. And this was a particular trait in Ireland, like something as simple as like some steak and potatoes and stuff like this. And everything I knew on that plate was ready to go in the mouth. And you put it on the table and like, oh, before you sit down, can you have the salt? And I'm like, just taste it first. One of the big problems in Ireland, I noticed, and I'm sure this does happen in England as well, but I can only base it on my experience, is that. People will get their plate, cover it in salt, start to eat, and then call the waiter over and say it's too salty. And they've just thrown half a kilo of salt over the plate and they didn't bother to taste the food first. And that used to happen a lot.
0: What you were describing about working in, you know, in, in the profession, like the reverse happens when you've got a toddler. So you sort of you start your palate adjusts because you're not putting any salt in anything. And all of a sudden you start to taste these other flavors in the food. And actually now I kind of I find myself quite sort of unable to eat very salty food. And it kind of puts me off. Um, but yet yeah, the spiciness, I mean, just let the kid have the spices. I don't, I don't I mean, it's my 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 little boy has had, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't go crazy. It's not like sort of like, you know, what are those Not bell peppers. What are the absolutely insanely hot? The um, Reaper chili. Oh well, yeah, no, but, well exactly all those ones oh, yeah like the ghost pepper I don't sort of like put ghost peppers on his bits, you know every morning <laughs> but it's um, yeah you just let him have a little bit of spice
1: my cousins for the first like years of their life my auntie used to just keep the rubber seal on the bottom of the salt cellar at the table so the adults would add the salt they would ask for it and they would get like a mime salt so they thought they were getting it and they just wanted it out of habit but they never consumed it and then they would eat their food thinking that salt had gone on it, even though it was all a ruse. So sorry, uh, Richard, um, who works in the city now in London. <laughs> well, <that's- laughs> she, con- she conned you. She didn't give you any salt. um I'm sure he's fine with it, though. But yeah, you're right. I mean, well, I, I worked. You better
0: hope so, Matthew. Yeah. It's going to have devastating you know, repercussions. If I,
1: if I see a complete stock market crash overnight, I knew he lost the plot. But uh, I worked with a Czech chef when I was living in Dublin, and he had managed to keep his great-grandmother's cookbook or great-great-grandmother's cookbooks of Czech cooking and he said that Czech cuisine was up there almost with the French but after the first world war that all went to pot like the the ability to get your hands on some of this food and to to have all the ingredients so he said there was some great great cookery coming out of there but they changed an entire direction yeah. Wow, it's a very
0: different podcast this week, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, welcome to Cookery Hour with uh, Matthew and Peter. <laughs>
1: Next up, we're going to be talking about um, Russell Mulcahy's Highlander film from nineteen eighty-six, The Sword, Sword and Immortality.
0: I will, I will happily, happily, happily a special uh um cider shed with just uh well Carrie. Kerry, Carrie's welcome but she'll have to watch the show 50 times before she's allowed to join in on that one, <laughs> highlander um, highlander episode but the, the reason we've been going off on our our various tangents is one is because it's you and me and it was always going to happen and then the other thing is also that we're trying to desperately avoid talking about the aldridges and you know their clamorous life. and i i was actually thinking today as i was listening to the episode um, cause for once I was all on my own. I didn't have any distractions. I was just listening to the, do, doing nothing but listening to the episode. And I just realized like this today was supposed to be a momentous occasion. You know, Jennifer hears that Adam's leaving the farm. It's one of the big farms. It's, you know, one of the big two farms really, isn't it? It's one of the most serious, it's definitely the most serious farm. And I just, I could, couldn't care. I just could find no part of me that cared about Adam leaving in this new job. And who's the new, who's the new, um, person in charge of the you know the fish and the fish and the, the, the crop rotation going to be like it was just
1: dull no i'm with you on that i mean it was one of those situations where like um the two of us were listening to tonight's episode and that first scene we we're just looking at each other like, what's going on here other than the fact that it's brian talking which is always good and i know it was this idea that they were they were never going to um, completely see eye to eye, but it was this idea that they were going to have a little bit of friction, but ultimately there was some serenity there, and it's this this time of Adam leaving Bridge Farm. But at the same time, can you name the farm that he's going to? He kept on saying it, it had about 20 syllables. Or was it the guy's name? I just couldn't catch it couldn't catch what he was saying um, at all.
0: I think it was called Big Impressive um, Progressive medi <laughs> wasn't it? Was yes. It like that?
1: Yeah, that must be it. I like... And- the desperation in his voice. Oh, oh,
0: no. Well, he, you know, he's really got some amazing ideas. And it's, oh, my God.
1: But as much as you weren't invested in that, I wasn't invested in Jennifer's reaction either. Yeah. You know, at this point, she was like, what have you done, Brian? And like, I chuckled to myself there because I was like, yeah, of course, Brian's going to get the blame. And at one point, I was like, oh, no, please don't confess about the five grand again. I thought that was coming at one point because Jennifer was there was a bit of needle, wasn't she? She was pushing. But luckily, you know, it seems to have been passed off as just a fact that she she wanted um, she wants a hand in who is going to be employed afterwards. So it'd be interesting to see where they go with this. Who's the uh, who's the person coming in? but in terms of the, or if we even get to hear them, I want, I worry so much these days about what we're not going to hear in the archers. Like I worry, we're not going to hear the wedding. Like I want to hear the wedding. I want to hear Lizzie at the wedding with Vince and the exes and yeah. um, Iris. I want all of that, but I fear we're just going to hear about them discussing it afterwards. And
0: uh, you know. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And I've, I've kind of, I haven't said it as directly as you just did, but I've often complained about some of the scenes that we're not hearing. Like I know where's Robert Snell. I, I miss Robert Snell. Um, I miss, you know, Jim, I miss silly little scenes, you know, like even Jazza, Jazza and Tracy have had a good run recently, but I kind of miss, I miss some of their silliness. I didn't want to hear about, um, you know, Jazza and Tracy's love life. I wanted to, uh, you know I wanted to have a little kind of vignette of them sort of um bickering over breakfast you know and sort of like joking about what they've been up to that you know and i I just I think that the um sort of famously the new script, the new kind of editor in chief whatever the proper name for the job title is has it's got kind of eastender's um chops and it's kind of got a background in kind of proper soap operas and I feel that like for me anyway it i you know I want some of them all kind of pastoral and slow kind of kitchen table stuff that we kind of grew up with. But I also have said many times, I think it's a real high point at the moment and it is very entertaining, but, but I'm basically agreeing with you, Matthew.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think we'll have to hear Russ and Lily going to traces. Won't we? I mean, I'm just incredibly sad that it won't be at green acres and it's going to be Jim, Jim and Russ. Cause Jim wasn't too happy with Russ when he came in on the, on the Christmas production. But I I think we're going to have to hear that one because I feel they're built. As we said, I think they're building something up with that storyline. But yeah, I, I, I reckon we're going to miss out on the wedding. I've got a sinking feeling and I hope I'm wrong about that.
0: I mean, Jim, you did have the scene where Vince um, skewered Russ's pomposity and Russ was actually very um, gracious on being caught out for being a pretentious idiot. Do you remember when Vince was kind of talking, you know, was basically sort of talking, was revealing that he had some history of art knowledge? Yeah, like, yeah, that was the, that week that they were all hanging out at Lower Loxley. wasn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah, the sort of the staycation week. And I feel like, you know, Jim and Russ, that would be such a, an you know, if they could come up with a plot for the two of them where they were kind of forced into some kind of scenario and you have sort of Jim's kind of deep and, be, you know, well learned um, sort of and, and passionate understanding of his topics, and Russ's kind of more sort of I don't know um, glossy for show knowledge. I think and that would be a, you know really seeing them rub up against each other again would be great. He already
1: massively dissed him, didn't he? That that ghost stories production was it Linda that said like um we've had night or was it maybe it was um Lizzie that said to Jim. We've had an idea that maybe you could get some help from Russ, and Russ was right there. And you went, "This Russ." <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten about that. That was a great line from Jim.
0: I do, I do remember. I do remember that um, Jim was sort of uh, particularly resolute about how he was going to be doing, you know, doing his uh, little trip to the attic.
1: Yeah, they're very good. I'm going to go and have a look, see if they're on sounds. I know that the Canterbury Tales vanished, but oh, I
0: like... that, yeah, I'm looking forward to when artifact, um, you know, when Google and Siri. Okay, Google and Siri, uh, get to the point where I can just say, um, get me that stupid scene with Russ and Jim. And, you know, that'll be enough.
1: Yep. That's uh, or maybe someday someone will say, Siri, find me that episode 20 of the Cider Shed where Peter and Matthew rambled about seasoning.
0: Yeah, Peter went on an an epic and probably edited um, (laughs) rant about um, British food history for some bizarre reason. Uh, Yeah, I'll just say that now, actually. If something Matthew says about um, Czech cooking seems a little bit incongruous, that's why. (laughs) 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 Because I've just saved you from about four minutes of absolute tosh. (laughs) Um, Not a huge amount that hits the floor, but the stuff that does is, oh, my God, it's bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing we really should do at Christmas is just make an, um, a compilation of your muffed introductions.
0: Uh, uh yeah, it's this. It's just, um, it, it's a. I, I, it's one of those moments of total self-awareness where I can see right into the center of my soul, and there's not much there. I
1: mean, El- Elvis Costello said that one of his the secrets to like hitting the note when he's singing is he
0: realized one day just don't think about the next note. Yeah. If you think about it, you don't hit it. Uh, So it's just it's just like, oh, please love me. Please like me. In the fluffed attempts, you can just hear this little voice. Oh, oh, hello, everyone. Don't hate me. I'm I'm a nice man, really. Before I finally summon up the courage to say hello. It's funny you say that because my
1: intros when you're on holiday, I just mimic you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh thank you for the compliment i thought you sounded absolutely amazing um we're, we're now we oh my we're fully up our own asses now this is uh this is a abso- yeah yeah
1: we're gonna get so much hate mail
0: i would i this is exactly the type of uh, podcast material i detest so, so if we should
1: if, <laughs> if you want to send us hate mail it's hello at the cider shed.com.
0: yeah that'll come to me and i will i'm i will respond politely and probably agree with you uh, Matthew, if people want to send hate mail to you, how do they do that?
1: Uh, <laughs> would you want my address? <laughs> oh, <what? laughs>
0: Actually, I would like your address. Um, it would probably be quite useful if I ever find myself in um, uh, um, northern uh, northern Porto. We've got a spare room. Yeah. If they want to use the social medias,
1: yes. So we are at the cider shed pod on Twitter, and we are also at the cider shed pod on Instagram, and we are on Facebook as the Cider Shed Podcast. So that's where you find us on our socials.
0: And on Twitter, okay, I'm actually going to have to look this up. I just gave it, Peter. <laughs> did you... Oh, f***ing hell. I No, because you, I'm just in my routine. This is, I'm such a creature of habit. You do Facebook and Instagram. Kerry does Twitter. We've done the, e- so in my head, I had to do, we then had to do Twitter. I just
1: did all of them. I did the, I did the email. I did the Twitter. I did oh, Instagram. Goodness. I did Facebook. That's all all right. right. There's a very clean cut there,
0: so you'll be fine. No, no, we we'll just leave it all in. It's the new. It's the new. It's the new Peter. Gone are the days of fussing over these little things. It's just you know. It's now. It's like. Um, it's like uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, fucking hell. I can't even say. It. No, we are going to have to edit it now. Who's the guy who wrote the? Um, <laughs> wrote 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 the whole book. Uh, Jack Kerouac wrote the whole book in, on the road in one go on one spool of paper, mm-hmm. famously. So yeah. That was the analogy I was going to draw. Um, okay,
1: so we're comparing ourselves to Kerouac. Okay,
0: only, only in uh, in only in the attempted methodology, not in terms of the final quality. I feel like I've done the same amount of drugs tonight. Have you? <laughs> well, what, what, but like like Roy, we've managed to create a kind of a almost hallucinogenic um, state by just creating sort of a um, sort of artificial exhaustion.
1: Yes. Oh, some interesting news. I've finally managed to get my hair long enough to achieve a top knot. Or oh, a man wow. bun, and I'm going. I'm going to get an undercut next week because I'm going down to the Algarve. So there's a there's a slim possibility that I'm not here next week. But I will try to do what I
0: can. Well, that that be quite good because we can then see we can then have all the different flavors of dysfunction when one of <laughs> when one of us isn't here. Um, also, yeah. Please, 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 do not have a top knot and undercut without documenting it from all four angles or three angles and get, and, and, you know, putting it on the social medias. I feel that is something that we all need to see. And also well done. Every marriage needs stress testing. Um, either, you know, not intentionally, but every, every marriage needs a challenge and this is going to probably provide, you know, yours with, with one.
1: Well, yeah, let's see. Let's see. I mean, maybe, maybe I won't even be on holiday next week as a result of having this. Chuck and attach. Well, I've kind of got a tash.
0: Okay, well, this is going to be absolutely fantastic. You're going to look like kind of the, the 1980s from the nose down and uh, the sort of the 2010 from the nose up.
1: Mm. Yeah, I have to be careful. I was making a, making a little video on social media today um, showing some vinyl, and it didn't occur to me that I was stood in front of the mirror, and it's very hot. I was practically in the buff, um, so then had to redo the entire video with uh, a t-shirt okay, well, on I think we'll
0: all be fine with that matthew um this is definitely enough tosh I'm yes gonna, i'm gonna i'm gonna um uh, suggest strongly that we stop talking <laughs> absolutely 100 <100%. laughs> percent. all right well um uh, we can we'll continue talking nonsense off mike and um carrie needs to come back because you know this is unsupportable <laughs> <laughs> she needs to save you come back Kerry. <laughs> and save us all right well thank you everyone thank you bye